Welcome to the Eastern Current Saltwater Fishing Podcast presented by Outdoors by Owner. Obio helps the outdoorsmen find the perfect home to rent for their next outdoor pursuit. Whether you're looking for a house right on the shallow water flats of Florida Bay with world-class sight fishing right out your back door, or you want to find a weekend mountain getaway for you and your family, Obio has the house for you. To check out all their incredible properties, visit go-obo.com. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Captain Zane of Falling Tide Guide Service to discuss late summer and early fall speckled trout patterns and behavior. If you like throwing topwater early in the morning, this episode is for you. I've teamed up with Florida Fishing Products to outfit my guide service with their spinning reels, braided line, and fluorocarbon leader, and I'm looking forward to giving you some real-world feedback on their gear. I've been enjoying their Osprey CE for all my light tackle, redfish, and speckled trout, and Resolute for my beefier setups for big reds, cobia, tarpon, and jacks. I'm looking forward to helping further their mission to equip anglers to fish better, which couldn't align closer with our values here at Eastern Current. Be sure to check out their website, floridafishingproducts.com, or ask about them at your local tackle shop. Temple Fork Outfitters is the rod of choice for all of us here at Eastern Current. Whether we're fly fishing for shallow water redfish, sight casting to cobia from a tower, or dropping live pinfish to grouper in 100 feet of water, they have the rod for the job. Their customer service is unmatched by any rod company out there, and their rods can take the beating of everyday guide use without any issues. My favorite rod for redfish and speckled trout is their 7-foot medium-light tactical inshore spin rod. Be sure to check out their website, tforods.com. Captain Zane, or as my phone sometimes thinks, uh, Captain Zan, Zan, which is my sister-in-law. I accidentally call her multiple times very early in the morning. Um, but Zane, you haven't been on the podcast in a while. Thanks for hopping on here. Thanks for having me, brother. For sure. For sure. How have you been? I've been good, man. I've been out here grinding the summer blues. So we're uh, enjoying a day off for the weather, but it's been a, been a long summer. It has been a long summer. It's been, I, I was just chatting with Ozzy earlier, my buddy up north, and uh, we were talking about how much weather we've had this summer, but still not a ton of cancellations from it. It's like, the, like if you, it's like you can't really can't run doubles this year because the afternoon ends up blowing up. But like, if you just try yeah. to run one trip a day, like you could, we've been pretty much able to run for the past two months, it feels like. Yeah, dude. I've been, I looked at one, at one point, I can't remember couple you know maybe three weeks ago listen that was like 28 days in a row without a cancellation and i was i was feeling it you know, normally you get you'll get like those those big fronts that come through that'll give you a day or two off but right. we have not really had that no we've had thunderstorms every afternoon but outside of that it's been pretty open and surprising too with how much rain we've had how clean the water's really stayed what do you think that has to do with uh, man, I'm not sure. I, I think a, I think a lot of it is just it's, it's a big it's, it's big and angry when it happens, but it just it seems like we're getting rain often, but it's never a lot of water falling. I think a lot of that too is a lot of these are just going to be our uh, coastal pop up storms, and I think what really messes our water up, at least around anything that's influenced by freshwater, is is rain inland yeah, i think we get true. those big storms that come across come across the mountains and dump in fayetteville and raleigh and all that i think that's what really does us in and we haven't really had that this year a lot of those um 
a lot of those uh, mainland, farmland environment west of us, which is uh, there. I don't know if you've seen all the, I don't know if you've rode out there. The corn is not doing good. <laughs> There's not much rain has been had. If no one, if they're not, um, if they're not pulling water from the river, um, the corn is like, you know, just above knee high, waist high. Wow. Yeah, that, so that, I don't know. That's going to make our goose hunting a little interesting this year. It might make it better. We only have a couple places to go. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be they'll be hitting the hitting the good stuff or hitting the, the yeah. good corn pretty hard, but yeah, it's also been su- a year of such clean water right on the beach. So I feel like even when we do get like a hard rain that's pretty localized, it gets cycled yeah. out pretty quick with that that ocean water that's sitting right on the beach. Yeah. It's and it's that 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 has made my near shore fishing sort of tough. I like to fish a lot of the dirtier stuff near shore. Yeah. Uh, and and it, you normal it's made the bite tough. The, the near shore redfish bite has not been what it has been in years past. And I hopefully that turns on in September. We'll start to get all those migrating fish that are just hungry and ready to eat whatever. But um, jigging artificials and fish, even fishing live bait. Um, the the only the only thing I've really been able to get those ocean fish to eat has been a big chunk of like cut bluefish or something. And you just kind of cast it and let it sit. Yeah. For sure. So, there, huh. there is uh yeah, it's been, it's made for like some Florida Keys looking, you know, inlets and beaches, but I would agree. And the, the macro, the Spanish macro fishing has been like pretty silly this summer. Like pulses yeah, of it, but just some pretty epic days because of that pretty ocean water, I think. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. It's just holding a lot of that, that biomass that normally sits way off of our coast. But, um, yeah, man, it's been good. I, I kind of get so, uh, you know, I go hard on the on the Spanish casting jigs. I'm um, you know early, as early as I can. I like to get out there. I don't know for some reason I have like the itch to do it in March, and I'll go out there and and I'll take clients out, and we'll find the the little isolated pods of them in March, and then, gosh, by July I just don't. I really would much rather not catch a Spanish miracle. But if it makes the clients happy, I'm always down to do it. But gosh, it just wrecks the boat. Well, I, I agree with you there too. It's like it's nice to get in the ocean early, and, and then it, it kind of burn out. But what what means they want to talk about today? We're kind of discussing what we were going to chat about before we got going. Um, something that we both love to do, and and is is starting now for the early birds that want to, you know, get up and and get after it before the sun gets up high. But kind of that late summer into early fall trout fishing pattern. So, um, you know, we have resident fish. We really don't get migratory fish till later, but we do get. Some new activity from the trout. I feel feel like really based off of bait activity this time of year. Um, Kind of how the bait's starting to move and migrate, and trout are taking advantage of it. But um, yeah, what is it? What does a late summer day of trout fishing look like to you? Like tactics and and style and and types of areas you might be seeing trout set up. Yeah, man. So it's not too totally different um, than how I target them in the in the fall. There is um, definitely some. some things that they'll do differently, like which I feel like this time of year they'll get super shallow. Um, it is not odd to get to catch trout in a foot or two foot of water um, this time of year for me anyway. I think um, they like to hug up against oyster bars. They like to um, find little pillows behind um, islands that are normally would be too shallow. You wouldn't fish it in the fall. Um, and I guess it has to do a lot with the shrimp. I think this time of year we start getting our shrimp 
I mean, we have shrimp all year, but our the white shrimp have certainly started to make a presence. Um, I'll see them while I'm bait fishing. I'll see them up on top, um, getting you know chased by bluefish or whatever. They're just sitting there swimming on the top of the water. Right. And I've had, I've had some trout that I've caught in the last couple of weeks. Um, throw some some shrimp up. Well, they'll have those long tentacles hanging out of their right. um, their mouth. Um, so I think that's for me. I mean, you can catch a trout all summer, but I think for me this August into September pattern is really kicked off by those white shrimp starting to um, come in and, and uh, uh, you know, as well as this is the same time a year that I think our mullet um, really start to group up in those big mega schools and you'll see them coming around points and, and stuff like that. I think it's just a, it's the start of like our fall bait. I don't know if you want to call it flush or run or um, it's, it's when this is the time of year where I feel we have the most bait in our water and it'll be here until October. And I think that can hurt you as an angler or it can help you if you know, you know, where to set up and how to use it to your advantage. Right. For sure. Yeah, it can be, you, you can definitely stumble into that thought of like, uh, especially when you like throw a Carolina rig or a float with a mullet up on the bank. You're like, how is this one going to get bit? There's like 10,000 mullet on this bank and how is this one going to get bit? <laughs> yeah. But it just shows yeah. those fish are waiting, all fish on near shore reefs, you know, shallow water scenarios, docks, freaking anything. They're just looking for that one thing that kind of breaks the code, you know, it's acting a little bit yeah. differently and they target that. Yeah, definitely. Something injured, something, something, uh, that's not doing well. Um, so yeah. And so like, you know, you're, you're, uh, I, this time of year, I'm, I'm getting up early. Like I want to be leaving. If I'm trout fishing and I have, had a couple clients request trout or we've caught trout in years past and they enjoyed it this time of year. And, and one of the things where it can, it, it's not always going on, but it can be um, really good. I mean, I've had I've probably the best trout day on top water that I've ever had was been in August. Um, and, uh, and some big, some <laughs> sneaky big trout in August too. That'll eat a top. You know, what's August. funny is they're all they're I feel like they're just different fish. I always tell people that it's like, you catch a trout in August that could weigh four pounds, and and I promise you, be nineteen inches or like twenty inches. They right, just have right. this like smallmouth bass look to them sometimes. Just Not like all of a little them, but, chin, but a huge belly, like this like little chin that yeah. ducks into their big old yeah. belly. Yeah, it looks like me in duck season. <laughs> <laughs> looks like all of us during duck season. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's a uh, it's a. Uh, um, it's a early morning bite for the most part. Um, I think on days where there's a, there's a front going through, um, honestly, I, I, uh, contemplated throwing my skiff in the water super this morning and, uh, doing some trout fishing. Actually, I, I, I when I, I had, we canceled because of the weather and the rain, I thought maybe I could get out there, but I just decided to sleep, sleep in until six thirty instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I think uh, the main difference for me in the in the fall and the summer is that it really, it truly is an early morning bite for the most part. I mean, you can't. Which in the in the fall, I think everyone kind of tries to transfer that, and I don't really do that well first thing in the morning in the fall. Right. Um, you can have some scenarios where when you're getting that first bit of daylight, but I feel like when the sun gets up, in if you're fishing subsurface, especially, you can. Um, I'd do better 
you know, sun high and current run. No, I agree. I, I, I'm with you. And, and they're definitely tidal fish. There's times where you can bump into a little bite, you know, later in the day, just on the right tide, cooler, you know, maybe ocean water pushing in against the fish, uh, in a, in a spot. But typically yeah, like Zane saying, it's just a morning time scenario. Uh, when it's hot, when do you, if you've got like just a normal day where it's going to get kind of sunny and hot, when do you feel like that bite really shuts, starts to shut down for you for the trout? Um, you know, if, if the tide isn't perfect, um, in the couple spots that I really do well this time of year, if the tide isn't perfect, um, I really, gosh, when it gets, when it gets to the point where you're just like, you're just have sweat dripping down your face and like, the the you can like noticeably look at your depth finder and, and your water temperature starting to rise that surface temperature starting to rise you know i would say sometime around that like 8 30 like i've definitely caught them blazing hot this time of year um into like 10 o'clock but um i definitely think it's like uh these trout are for sure feeding at night in the summertime and there's a <laughs> there's a there's a definitely a, a select group of older guys in John boats um, that I've seen at a few of our local ramps come back in at around the time I'm launching with a with a stringer full of trout. So that just kind of, <laughs> um, but uh, I think I think uh, around eight thirty nine o'clock, man. If you got to transition to red fishing, it'd probably be a good time to do it, unless the you know unless the tide is perfect. And there's like you said, I. I do feel like that if, if you have anywhere that's close to an inlet and you start getting some ocean water pushing in as an incoming bite, then, you know, maybe that's kind of, you know. Yeah, like a mid to high incoming can sometimes keep it going a little bit longer. Yeah, you get that clean water in there and kind of cools it. But, you know, if I'm trout fishing, if I'm if I'm going to go out in the morning to target trout, I'm, I want to have my boat in the water at 545 and I want to be slinging lure at six you know, no later than six fifteen for sure. And like you said, a lot of people start our, you know, uh, go at night. It's not a bad time of year to start even earlier than that. I mean, it, you're not going to, as a charter captain, it's hard to get someone to meet you before five forty five. But you know, it's if you go start at three o'clock in the morning and fish from three o'clock until you know eight o'clock, you're going to catch trout that whole time. Typically, this time of year. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're you're right. Especially there's, there's some nighttime topwater stuff that is a uh, Held very near and dear to some of the guy, you know, older guys that aren't necessarily charter captains. They just like getting out before work and getting on a bite and going to do whatever they do for a job. But um, so you might have some, you might catch some flack from those guys if you get a bunch of charter boats out there for one in the morning. But um, yeah, you could, you can, you could go out and, and catch them, and I certainly have, especially around, uh, especially around that full moon. Uh, I feel like even then you'll, you'll catch some drums as well. Absolutely. Um, one thing my nephew's been doing this summer a lot is going out from like 12 o'clock until 2 o'clock or, or not just a dock little bit light. later and, and dock light fishing. And he's been smacking the trout, doing a lot yeah. of dock light fishing, which is. Yeah. I, uh, I think I've, uh, as much as I love doing it, I think I've uh, kind of, as far as my lifestyle nowadays, it wouldn't be the best if I started doing a, Doing uh, I mean, there's guys in Florida, dude, that run night. That like, just I have do a night guy, trips, yeah. My buddy Jeff, he does tarpon trips and he does snook trips, and he starts at, at you know, 7 o'clock. You'll get an hour of daylight with him, and that's normally because he's catching bait. But, <laughs> um, and, he, and his, 
it's a balanced life for him and his wife because they, you know, his wife works a day job. He's at home with the kids. His wife gets home. He gets to have dinner with the kids and then he goes to work and it's kind of like a second shift charred industry there, but you can't really, I don't know if we have the clientele to do that here. No, but, for sure. It'd be difficult to pull off. Um, he's I feel also like Florida's fishing. just known for that night fishing. You know what I mean? People yeah, are already going yeah. down there looking for that. If I'm fishing a jig, you can bet it's going to be an iStrike Texas Eye. Dave and Ralph at iStrike have built the most versatile and durable lineup of jigs in the saltwater industry. Whether you need a finesse presentation on spooky wintertime redfish, or you need to hop a big swim bait on deep water structure for cobia and bull redfish, iStrike has the jig for you. Be sure to check out their website and use code EC10 for up to 40% off all iStrike products and 10% off all Z-Man products. The code can only be used at iStrikeFishing.com and you can find the code and the link to their website in the podcast show notes. There is no stealthier platform to fish the shallow water flats, creeks, and marshes than a pedal drive kayak. The P127 from Bonafide is my choice when I want to get out on a solo trip and access the areas that I can't get to on a flat skiff or a bay boat. It happens far too often in a boat where I have redfish and plenty of water in the back of a creek or bay, but there's a sandbar or series of sandbars between me and the fish and I just can't quite make it to casting distance. But with a kayak, I can drag across the sandbar right to them. Be sure to check out the full lineup of Bonafide kayaks on the website or at Hook, Line, and Paddle here in Wilmington. I will have a link to the Bonafide website in the show notes as well. Yeah, he's also fishing in like Fort Lauderdale, so it's pretty much light outside from all the skyscrapers on the side of the <laughs> waterway there. That's very true. Uh, uh, well, but, apart from nighttime fishing, this time of year, what specifically do you like to throw? And does it vary for when it gets colder or are you kind of like me? There's, um, there's, yeah. So, um, so if, if I'm, if I'm going to go target trout, I'm, I'm going to pretty much all year have a top water plug. Um, uh, as you know, even in the dead of winter, sometimes they'll eat a top water and it can normally draw that bigger bite. I'm going to have a DOA shrimp just like, everybody that's trout fishing nowadays um and then something that i like that i don't i feel like uh does me good in the summer is something that's called a uh um a countdown by rapala um is it, is they it, make it's a, a jerk bait right it's a jerk bait yep it's a heavier jerk bait that you can it doesn't get if you're throwing it in currents um it doesn't, um, it doesn't, it sinks. It's a sinking jerk bait. It's a countdown lure. So gotcha, it's supposed gotcha. to sink. A specific, they make different weights, but it's supposed to sink a specific distance per, you know, Mississippi, one Mississippi. And I think um, sometimes when the, you know, if you're fishing a seam or a current rip, or sometimes those trout will be in two feet of water right behind whatever's causing that rip. And sometimes they'll be in nine feet of water way back. And, uh, um, it can be hard to get that DOA shrimp down to them sometimes. I don't know. If, um, you know, they'll eat a swim bait or a jerk, uh, jerk shad, but this just having those treble hooks is, uh, you get a lot, you get a lot of those bites that you kind of lose that scope in your line and when you're throwing a jig and current and like, you, you know, trying to like feather it down there and then you get that bite. A lot of times, like me, especially with the DOA, like, 
sometimes I'm like fishing it so deep that I don't even feel the bite. When I just lift up to move it a little bit, it'll just have some weight to it. But um, that countdown lure in the summertime does me really good. And you can, I like the, there's a color called smoky shad. It looks really like a mullet. And then yeah. you can get, you know, white and um, they, they make the 808 color that works well. Um, but top, I, I mean, I love throwing top water for me in the summer. I feel like there's mullet around. They're eating things off the top water. You'll see them blowing up on the schools of mullet. So, um, that's always my go-to, but there's always a, um, there's always a contingency plan of that DOA or the countdown works well. And I normally just have that tied on. You know, one thing I started, I started doing a few years back, um, it was actually just at a spot where I saw them eating mullet a bunch. I couldn't get them to eat a DOA, couldn't get them to eat a, a paddle tail. I, did, I didn't have the right color paddle tail. I didn't have like a good like mullet looking colored paddle tail. Um, and I had uh, like a summer Paula. It was summer Paula jerk bait. But I just started slow rolling it, no twitches. So I Oh, would, yeah, that's I would, what I do. Yeah. yeah, not even like the actual like bass, like whack, whack, jerk bait fishing. Just throw it out there and reel it back to you. Yeah, that's what I'm doing with the countdown lure. I guess I should have been more specific. I'm just casting that thing out, letting it drop down to depth, and just reeling it in, and it it has the wobble that they like, and they'll they'll smoke it. Yeah. Absolutely, that is a hard bite too when they eat that thing when you're slow. Yeah, dude, they <laughs> rip it out of your hand. It is awesome. Yeah. I'm ready for some of that those trial bites like that. It's gonna be fun. Uh, um, is there? Did you get into color? Is there specific colors overall that you prefer for trout, or does it kind of vary depending upon the bait or what they're eating? What Where does your head go um, in that scenario? Yeah, dude, I'm not so sure that uh, the top water color matters. I like pink and yellow. I always throw pink and yellow for trout, and I think for more than anything, for, that's just so I can see it. Um, like I just, sure. like sometimes you get, you get that wind chop, and it's like hard to see. I'm, I'm throwing. I, I will say this. Um, I throw smaller topwaters this time of year, which might be different from what other people are doing. I throw like, I like the um, regular um, Spook Juniors, the small ones. And then I like the uh, the small Rapala Skitter Walks, the smaller Skitter Walks I like this time of year. Um, okay. Just something that looks about the same size as all the mullet running around. Um, and I feel like, you know, as the mullet get bigger and, um, I'll, I'll use a one knocker or even three hook, um, spook, but, um, I don't know that color matters on top, man, but subsurface, I do like, I do like the, uh, um, obviously the red flake works any time of the year, but there's, um, when I'm throwing that, uh, 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 countdown lure, there's, there's one that's, uh, like I said, it's smoky shat and has like a, um, a little bit of chartreuse on the bottom of it, and then it looks like a mullet on the top side. And it it really, it really, I think that color stands out from the rest for me. I, I bought, um, I think a lot of people use them as walleye lures. Okay. But I've, I've, so they have all these crazy colors that you can get. You can get like rainbow trout. You can get all types of uh, crazy. Like they make a crawfish one that I figured that that would always thought would work good for red, but. Um, I've bought a bunch of them, but I end up now, I just order like a white one, order that smoky shad color, and I order, uh, um, they make the 808s, and those work good in the in the, um, in the the clear stuff. 
Thank you. Yeah, it's it, it, that's one thing. The hard baits that I feel like I, I gravitate more towards a natural looking color scheme. You know, everything else is like I don't. I, there's all kinds of like really natural looking swim baits and soft plastics, and I, I I rarely I don't think I ever throw any any of that stuff. But um, not that it hurts, but it's I don't know why. I, sometimes my confidence is lower on the more natural something looks. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I, I've uh, definitely. Uh... I think I've pretty I've proved that those the skins you know the the mirror lure skins or yeah. whatever I, they call them where it's like literally a three D image of like whatever bait fish yeah, you're it's trying to print it on there they're garbage throw them away <laughs> they don't work I don't know why but like whatever that fish looks like it, the the pinfish I always I always thought that that pinfish one would work really well um, I don't I mean I think you would be better off just throwing something that um, you know, work forever. I, I feel it's kind of cool looking back at like the evolution of like saltwater um, lures and how they kind of most of them were bass lures at first, and then they started making saltwater specific colors. All that stuff. So you know, a lot of people like to think you're doing new stuff, and I like to think I'm like innovative on the water. But truth be told, man, there's been some guy out there in a wooden boat since 1938 throwing something similar to a mirror lure for trout and there's probably every color scheme has been you know they're throwing wooden lures with hooks drilled in there with screws and painted at home and and uh a lot of those colors are are kind of popular because that's just what works and then they figured it out before we could have a chance we yeah we figured out what works a long time ago <laughs> yeah. but every once so, in a while there is that new you know, innovative Absolutely. thing that pops up that, that crushes Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Like I think one thing that I kind of feel, uh, I don't, you know, I guess we'll, we'll talk about, but I, I feel reluctant to is I don't know if you've seen the, um, the, well, they came out with it last year, but the Z man top water prop bait. I was literally like, about to, I was about to ask about those because I thought they were so silly and would never work. That was my opinion, but it sounds like dude, your opinion is different. Dude the just straight reeling that thing drives a school of redfish absolutely bonkers. And, and I, and they might, they, they, it might take them three or four or five casts to like convince one to eat it. But once one goes on it, they're going to fight for it. Like stripers only back, all the way back to the skiff. It's been, it's been, I haven't tried it super shallow stuff, but like on a time where like, um, you know, any, anything above like a foot of water, they, have really been like, and I'm super excited to try it on the stripers this year. I really think, yeah, the stripers are going to go bonkers for that thing. I, I want to get underneath that walk, in like a pool can, and see what it looks like. You can walk it, like you can walk it, dude. You like, can you walk can the walk dog it with like, it, or you can just slow roll it, or you can just slow roll it. I feel like that's it's a like, great thing to keep on the boat for someone that might not just be able to pick up a plug and get go to town. Yeah, well, that's kind of how I've been using it lately. It's been like it doesn't get as many blow ups as like a skitter walk, but there will be five or six of them. It's like a gold spoon dangling from a, like a little float. It's like, they just like it. I don't know what it is, but they want to look at it. And sometimes they'll, sometimes they'll fight for it. Yeah. It's tiny. <laughs> yeah. Have you That's caught any trout on that yet? No, I haven't caught any trout on it, but I haven't really been, haven't really thrown any trout scenarios. I've, I've been kind of throwing it where I've, you know, left school at redfish the day before and and we've caught um we i'm you just i'm excited for you to go out and throw it yeah i'll throw it, it, it 
the reaction you get um, from from redfish is is pretty neat. Where they 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 all want to like they'll all start following it, and then like one on bullet, they'll they'll kind of like nose it, and nose it, and nose it, and then like if, if you can get one to kind of go on it, then it's just game on, and like you're gonna get blow ups until you're hooked up. That's sick. That's very sick. It seems like trout just don't like the hardware. You know what I mean? On a top water, that like you said, the just a simple walk and plug. So I, I've caught yep. trout actually really good on a wake bait, which is like a essentially you know yeah. what it is, but like a square bill crankbait for those of y'all that don't know that that rides on the surface. Yeah, um, and they like that. But like I don't ever catch trout on spinner baits often or spoons or you know anything that's. They, they like yeah, just a natural, simple kind of presentation. Yeah, I, I think shiny wigs them out, dude. In fact, there's like, I, I even sometimes, like, especially when you're fishing in like clear water up north, um, the uh, um, brand new lead, like freshly poured lead jig head that like is too shiny, I think. Yeah. Wow. Like a lead jig head will absolutely work, but like, Toss it in your in your uh, da- on your dashboard. Like get a pack of them and toss them in your dashboard for a couple of days and let them dole out. That like shiny, like freshly poured lead like throws some flash for sure. Yeah, you're very right about that. Yeah, it doesn't take long to beat it up a little bit, but it is a metallic-y kind of reflective surface at first when you first have a fresh poured lead. Yeah. Um. So besides top water, besides well, I, I guess the last thing we can kind of touch on here is. Where do you find these fish putting themselves this time of year? You know, I know you said it's very similar, but one of the things that I see is is like big points. A lot of times, big main points on the edge of the waterway or in a creek. They seem to really like to set up on that kind of stuff. Have you, have you noticed the same or anything different? Yeah, big point, big big creek mouth, um, and and what I find is most of the time is they're going to be somewhere where they have the ability to just dump into like 10 feet of water if they want to. For sure. Um, like a lot of your creeks and stuff that you'll catch them in the fall where like the average water depth is four foot or mean low is like three foot. And then, you know, you have like that, those points and rips that you'll catch trout on every cast in the fall. You normally will not find any fish in there in the summer. It's going to be a major point, a major, um, even ledges. Um, yeah. You know, if there's a current rip coming on top of a ledge that has three foot of water coming over top of it, there's five or six feet of water behind it, and then you got twelve foot behind that. Um, those fish will. I mean, dude, I've like bait fishing for redfish, um, in the river in like thirty foot of water. Like every once in a while, you'll catch a trout. I mean, if they're down yeah. there, you know. Um, so I think uh. Just anywhere that you, that holds deep water. I mean, that's that's from, you know, pretty much from from topsail to to Oak Island. I mean, it's the same pattern this time of year. You want a big, you want a big influence of bait, um, whether that be mullet or shrimp. You want somewhere they can get and hide and feed in the scene, um, and then you want that like protection of deep water. Um, and I think if you can find all three of those things and get out there early, you can be successful. No, I, I agree, man. I, I think the ledge thing, the underwater ledge, is is a huge one in the summertime. Um, yeah. Which is, and it's a, it's a hard one to kind of lock down because it's not something that's very visible, 
right off the bat, but there's some spots that come to mind right away when when you bring that up. Just underwater troughs, underwater ledges. Like a lot of fish are not on the banks; they're on secondary stuff that just you can't straight see. Out the middle, just yeah. straight out in the middle. Just looking yeah. for little breaks and, and differences. And I feel like a lot of it with trout too in the summer is breaking down the water a little bit more than you have to in the fall. Kind of like thinking big picture a little bit more than like, oh, there's a seam there, throw there, there's a seam there, throw there. And a lot of times in the summer you can catch a fish, like a fish could be caught at any trouty looking seam. But a lot of yeah, times just sure. one, you know what I mean? To one find, two, those, to find those wads like you're talking about, it, it's that bigger stuff that's just way more uh, consistent with yeah, bed, consistent sure. with temperatures, consistent with everything. So that would be uh, yeah. And it, it, it's funny, man. That one, the one trout thing. I had some clients about that they were throwing top water, and it's I've caught a couple trout in the past in the summertime, but it's really like a a redfish spot where it's a lot of shallow grass bank, and then they'll come to a point where they'll have a couple feet of water off that point, but mostly mostly redfish. And we we caught a couple drum, and and we got to this one point, and we got fire top water out there and he got blown up and uh then you know that other guy threw out there and blown up on and then it was probably five or six blow ups and i'm thinking like dang they're stacked up in there and then you know five or six casts later after 10 blow ups they finally hooked the trout and pull them in and net them and it was you know, 17 inch fish nothing crazy and then uh didn't get another blow I mean, i'm almost positive that that fish blew up on the plug 12 different times and then we caught him, and, and, and I even grabbed a plug out of it, and I was casting over there, and we didn't get a single bite. I mean, I think it was just one trout fired up sitting in that seam that was just blowing up on the plug every time, and we finally caught him. That's <laughs> awesome. I bet it was, man. Those things can get so aggressive. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> is, it is super funny to watch them chase the topwater. Uh, sometimes getting some really clean water, being able to throw topwater, like to watch them like a little freaking – they're like a fox almost, like – like they're they're like real quick and sneaky underneath the plug and they'll stop and look at it and then sneak <laughs> under the plug, stop and look at it. You know, as soon as the plug stops, they're stopping and they're just like staring at it. They're just like real totally twitchy and fox like. Yeah. This was dark this was darker water and I was totally convinced there was we were about to sit there and whack them for thirty minutes, but we, we caught one. Now that you <laughs> say that story, one. I feel like I've had like similar that happened to me before, like that similar scenario of like, it's just God, like this spot is loaded, but, but this is the one fish wants it that bad. Yeah, that's pretty funny. With redfish uh, too. Redfish as well, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially with like pushes. I feel like you can look at a bank sometimes with a drum this time of year and you'll see a fish push here and then a fish push there and then a blow up here and it's just that one fish just running around like crazy <laughs> trying to eat all the shrimp you can while they're not in the grass. Right, exactly. Exactly. It, it, can, it can definitely be kind of a a little bit misleading for sure. But, um, but I think the last thing that's important to talk about is, is, is the rod rod reel set up for trout. I don't get too picky with redfish, but with these different baits with trout and a lot of treble hook fishing, you know, or fishing with treble hooks, it, your broad choice can be rod, you know, braid or your line and your leader and everything. And reel can, can really come into play with landing fish, especially bigger fish and landing them safely without ripping their face up to, you know, water skiing a big trout in on a topwater plug or not even a big trout. Not with in. Yeah. With a stiff rod that you might've been throwing a Carolina rig for redfish with could really probably hurt the fish. And that's the other thing too. Like this time of year, if you are catching trout, you got to really, you don't want to keep them out of the water long. You need to revive them and let them yeah. go. If you're, if you're letting them go. Always, like, I don't think I've kept a, a 
trout all summer, and we've caught a, quite a few of them. And I, I think I always, I always tell people that, like, they're not the best table fare this time of year. I don't have anything against keeping trout. I think keep your fair share. Keep it, keep with what you want to eat that night. Um, trout this time of year can make for some fun fishing, some explosive fishing. They're not that great to eat when the water temperature is 90. Right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, they're 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 mushy and like you can't even like the, like I feel like the meat like peels off the. It's not the great the greatest. Right. So, um, and so the, the I like um I just like you know your standard medium light um uh have some seven seven foot rods and I have some like six nines that I like that are like medium light fast action um but uh yeah something very uh. I like something that kind of has the backbone starting at that first eyelet where you're going to get a lot of rod bend. Um, you're going to have enough backbone to throw a topwater plug and work a topwater plug, but you want to, you want to have something that's really going to be, um, um, you know, that stiff, stiffer rod does help for like sensitivity and feeling that thump, but, um, you want something that's going to, you know, it's not, you're going to pull a lot of fish off. You need something that's going to be able to have some bend and you're, you're looking for more, um, more of a trout specific setup, man, that you wouldn't really want to catch a redfish on it. My kind of thing. For sure. For sure. It's, it's something a little bit lighter, something a little bit more, more forgiving, like you're saying, but man, I think this was a great download session about summertime trout. I feel like on, on some people, or for some people, they're they're starting to be on your radar. People are starting to think about trout fishing. For other people, it doesn't really kick off till November. You know, you're you're not thinking about it much. People north of us, listeners up in Virginia and and whatnot, this is a great time to be targeting speckled trout and big ones. Um, same with us down here. Uh, yeah, it, even it, south of us, man. I know I know guys in Myrtle Beach that are whacking them right now. So, yeah. Um, it's just a, it's just a, it's a it's a very specific. It's a residential fish thing. You know, like. In the fall here, you'll, I'm sure everyone that fishes locally to here knows that like there'll be, there'll be a week where it's super good and then a week where it's garbage and then a week where it's super good and then a week where it's garbage. Sometimes even a day or two where it's super good and then a day or two when it's garbage. And, uh, and that, and that's just simply because the, the fish you're catching are going to be, they're migrating. They're just coming down the coast. They're, they're looking for that warmer water temperature. They've been ran out of wherever they are. They're following the bait run. Um, and, and I think, um, you know, obviously now we're fishing residential fish to our area, but there is, there is, there's some to be had. It can be good at times. It can be slow at times, but it's worth getting out there and going. You're not going to, you're not going to catch them if you don't go. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's, it's, uh, like we say with hunting and fishing, you can't catch them from the couch. You can't kill them from the couch. So. Unless sure. you put a couch on your boat or in your blind, then you can. Yeah, I, 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 want, I want a couch on my duck boat. <laughs> I think it'll be so, very so nice yeah, and be that, modern couch out there, leather. Yeah, I'm gonna spend some money on it, dude. I want to. I'm be out there looking. Uh, I want. I'll be out there looking sharp. I don't want. I don't want to. I want a trash couch out there. So I think those Yeti tie down straps. You can get it nice and secure on the deck. It'd be perfect. Oh, dude, yeah. You're gonna. You, Just like a- you're gonna you're gonna kill less less ducks though. The problem is gonna be you know people aren't gonna want to stand up unless they're really decoying. No, dude, we're just kick back. You just let them land. Just land them. <laughs> just hanging. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, man, thanks for jumping on. Thanks for doing the podcast, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm gonna link all of Zane's information in the show notes so y'all can get up with him and go do some fishing. Uh, but uh, as always, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Zane. Yeah, man. All right, later, guys. If you're anything like me, you like a clean boat. 
That's why I've chosen to partner with Carolina First Made out of South Carolina. Carolina First Made is a family-owned business that provides environmentally friendly boat cleaning alternatives. My two favorite products are their hole cleaner that doesn't harm your trailer and their boat wash. Be sure to use code EC15 for 15% off your online purchase. If you're interested in checking out all their products, you can find a link to their website in the podcast show notes.